Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos, where we present tips, tools, and techniques to help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor at Lokahi Counseling. This channel and the Calming the Chaos podcast is for those who want self-help and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like the information, please subscribe to my channel and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. Hello, everybody. I am here with you live on YouTube to bring you the show that we have in store for you today. I just love talking about relationships, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. I hope everybody is doing well. I plan for this to be an interactive live stream podcast, and I'll see how well I do at that, because in the past when we've done podcasts live, it's been hard for me to interact with the chat, but this time I'm really going to make an effort. So I hope that this goes well. I have with me today my, ho my host, my co-host, uh, Laura Valencourt, who is actually a friend of mine as well, and we are colleagues, so we have a couple of different types of relationships, and, and she and I have done all kinds of really cool dreaming together and masterminding and podcasting. Uh, she's a licensed mental health counselor in Olympia, just like I am. Uh, she works with elders, and she works with their families, anybody who has a loved one who is struggling with dementia, and she just released her podcast. So I am just so excited to have Laura come up and talk about relationships with me. Welcome to Calming the Chaos once again, Laura Valencourt. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tracy. I love your show. <laughs> Every time I come on, I learn something new. We explore so many new ideas together. I love your listeners and the way that you interact with them. Uh, I just always have a good time. So appreciate being here. Uh, I will now I appreciate you too, because I think this is maybe the third or even fourth time that you've been on my show. You've been so patient with me and, and all of the things that I have done and not done. And then it's been great to see you being able to develop your podcast and finally uh, get it live. And you've got like three or four episodes on there, right? I do. <laughs> I'm such a newbie. I So I haven't officially sent the big email out to announce it because I was waiting for iTunes to um, let it go live. And literally while I was sitting here, I got an email that it is live on iTunes now. So I'll be sending a big email out letting people know about it. Yeah, being approved on iTunes is a little bit of a process and you just have to wait a little while. I remember I was sort of biting my nails before I got approved and of course they approve you. It's just that waiting period, right? So yep, Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Congratulations to you and I have the link to Laura's website and also to her podcast in the uh, in the notes below the description mm -hmm. of this video. And so here we are. Yeah, I mean, thank you 
doing that, Tracy. I, I know it's you know how it is. You work and you plan for years, and um, and well, you're a little quicker than me. <laughs> I talked about it for over a year. You just jumped right in and did it. So I've learned a lot from watching you. I, you know what? I don't know. Uh, the jury's kind of out on the best way to do a podcast. For me, I was thinking kind of like what I've done on YouTube. I'm learning as I go. And it hasn't been the best journey, but it's been a very, very, I guess, learning experience is what I want to say. It's just been a, a good learning experience. And I've met a lot of friends along the way, a lot of them who are who are here in the chat. I know that I've met through YouTube. I, uh, I want to say hi to them uh, besides uh, acknowledging my moderators. Now, moderators are really super important on YouTube because what they do is they, they not only monitor how we're getting along in the chat, but they also alert me to any kind of problems that can happen in the chat. And since this is a live stream podcast, they are going to want to let me know some things that are only pertinent to, to what I need to know. They they take care of everything. They even put links in the chat for what we need. It's crazy. They're great. So that's that is right now. We've got a sagacious angel. I made her a moderator, and uh, also I made my my husband Tim and his brother, my brother-in-law Mark. They're both moderators. Those are the moderators I see in the chat right now. Hello. And I also see JD, who apparently she plays the spoons. That's what uh, we have heard. We've heard her say that. We don't know that she has actually performed in public. I think she's probably one of those secret geniuses that people don't recognize, but. That's yeah, I play the spoons when I dish out my yogurt every morning. <laughs> peanut butter, peanut butter by the spoonful, right? So that's that's the kind of spoons I play. And I'm looking to see, there's JD right there. There she is. <laughs> and yeah, oh, okay, yeah. So a curious rose was here earlier too. So welcome. And then Mary Weiss, who is also one of my mods here. So yeah, we got to establish a lot of relationships on YouTube during the pandemic. I don't know about you, but I guess we can just start out by talking about who our friends are and just kind of like, what, what do we look for in a good friend? And what do we look for in like kind of a red flag to not having friends? And please, anybody in the chat who has any ideas or questions, just lay them on us. I'm, I am going to be looking at them. This is great. Well, even just when you were talking, Tracy, I was thinking about, you kind of alluded to the different relationships that you and I have. And, um, you know, I think a lot about that. I've, my family teases me, you know, that I, I kind of separate or segregate certain categories in my life. And so I'm curious about other people too, if they tend to do that, like this is one friend group, or this is another friend group, or this are my professional friends, or these are my, you know, rugby friends or my right. music friends or, and, uh, and you know what I mean? Just thinking about who we are in relationship with certain groups of people, what, what we show, 
you know, where we're transparent about who we are and where we're not. I mean, all of those questions I was really thinking about uh, related to this topic. Right. Like, oh, I had a client one time describe it as don't let the peas touch the carrots, kind of like <laughs> <laughs> we have these things we tell the peas, but we don't tell the carrots. And then so we don't want the peas and the carrots to meet because then they may find out some information about us that we don't want yeah. them to know. It's more about us, yeah, than, than them interacting or meeting. But that's what, I mean, I really think when it comes down to relationships, the theme for me is really about knowing yourself. Like, wh what is the relationship you have with yourself? Like, really, are you comfortable being yourself? And what does that even mean, right? Because when I talk about these different groups, I'm going to be different around colleague friends and professional friends than I am around my old high school friends or my, you know, hang out on the weekend friends. Or, <laughs> yeah. or Tracy sitting on the floor of the office drawing cards and manifesting our dreams, friends. Yeah. So I love that, you know, because of course I hadn't considered myself. I always consider not that because I am, I don't know if that makes me narcissistic or if that makes me unnarcissistic. I don't know what it makes me, but maybe I'm just not, not wanting to be self-aware or I think I kind of am, but yes, that's an excellent point. So who are you to yourself? Yeah, And, and that really makes a difference about who you are to other people, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. when I when I reflect back on myself, I uh, that is what it's about. It isn't about the peas and carrots mixing. It's about, like you said, what what do the peas know about me? What do the carrots know about me? <laughs> Am I comfortable with mixing that? Yeah. Yeah. So it is a it is about what they know about me. And yeah, well, OK, so that is really important. We need to consider mm -hmm. ourselves when we're entering into relationships. And I don't know that a lot of people understand that, too, because sometimes we enter into relationships, whether it be friendships or romantic partners or online friends, because we think that we should or mm -hmm. we think that this is something that 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 they want or they are pressuring us to enter into a relationship with them, or we think we should have more friends, you know, whatever the reason is, sometimes we don't enter the relationship because of ourselves, but because we think we should, or because somebody else is telling us that, that we should. So mm -hmm. um, I, I like that you started it out with that, because that yeah. sort of gears us to talk about friendships. I you know, I don't know about that. You know, with the pandemic and everything, I know the opportunities to make new friends have not been great, new in-person friends. So we've been, I've been seeing that people have been making more online friends. And uh, I know that's been true for me. A lot of these people uh, from YouTube who are in my chat right now, Oh, I probably wouldn't have known if it hadn't been for the pandemic, really. Right. Um, yeah. What do you think about the whole like who are your friends and the opportunities you have to to make friends? And um, I guess the other follow up question would be, what, as you grow older, do you find that you have fewer friends with like more quality friends or what do you what do you notice about friends? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. One of the things, well, I've noticed that 
um, a big factor for me is my time availability. And so it's, it's one of those areas where I've had times in my life where I haven't been busy. And I, so there's, a, I have a lot of free time and I'm a very social person. I, I get my needs met and I process verbally out loud with others. I love being around people. Um, however, when I'm very busy and I have very limited time, I have found that uh, it's easy to, it's easy and not so easy to prioritize. You know what I mean? Like then that you get to a level sometimes when you're so busy that uh, especially if you're giving out more than you're receiving, that the times that I have to receive, I'm being more selective about who's in my close circle. And so, boy, I hate to like uh, put rules or anything on something like relationships or friendships, but I can see that I do that. I, I have my closer tight knit people and then there's a layer out from there and a layer out from there. Um, and yeah, when I don't have time, that's when the outer circle tends to fall away. And I'm focusing more on, um, yeah, I just kind of almost getting my needs met <laughs> selfishly by connecting with the small circle that I have time for. <laughs> right. But, yeah. yeah, so so the friends that you actually, you were, you were describing, uh, it's sort of like, I think Timmy and I have thought about this too, in terms of energy out and energy in. So the energy that we put out has got to at least equal the energy we get back. So what we get from a person in a, in a relationship is, is equal or more than what we put out. And that's one of the very simple things that people can understand about relationships is that if, if you're putting out more energy to keeping this relationship going, then, then the benefits that you're getting back, then you need to sort of take a look at that relationship. Uh, and because of the fact that it, it will be inherently an energy drain over time for you. And if you're concerned about self-care, then that would be, I think that just came up as the number one tip that I would have to offer is, is make sure it's an even exchange or, mm -hmm that you are not putting out as much as you're getting back. And hopefully the other person isn't either. That would be the, yeah. the optimal then, relationship. Right, and then you think about um, relationships where you um, over time, like, well, actually what I'm thinking of is um, when you talk about putting energy out or getting energy back. We, I guess I think about those long-term friends we have, you know, where you can't, where you don't talk to them for a year or many months, and then you just pick right up where you left off and it doesn't feel like you've skipped a beat. I think that those relationships work if you both are on the same page there. You know, if I, if I had a friend and I didn't connect with them for a certain period of time, friend A might be extremely offended and um, I'd have to do a lot of repair work, <laughs> but friend B might be the same, you know, oh, we've been busy, no big deal. We'll just pick up where we left off. So there, those quality of, um, and I wouldn't say that one friend would be closer than another friend or one friend is better friend than another, but just 
the mutual sort of synergy that you have or that mutual understanding, um, I think could be an important thing to think about too, right? Yeah, yeah. And and so the 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 needs that you have for a relationship are likely best matched with somebody else's needs for their relationship. Like Timmy and I, we both have a lot of need to be together, but also a lot of need to be apart. So you do mm -hmm. have to sort of match that uh, in, in getting a relationship. And so I wanted to talk about what Mary is saying here. Uh, Mary had made a comment here about a big red flag for me is when a friend divulges a secret to me that someone trusted them with. So somebody else has told them a secret and then that person tells Mary. So yeah, something like that, secrets, is something that uh, I really do believe are red flags mm -hmm. uh, and, and talking about people behind their backs or divulging secrets. What are your thoughts about that? I don't know if it's happened to you or mm -hmm. what you think about it, but yeah, what are your thoughts? I can tell you, um, I'll play, I'm really good at kind of, I'm a Libra, <laughs> so I'm always balancing. So the flip side is I can relate to a moment or moments when I've had a desire to share something that is heavy on me that someone has divulged to me um, with somebody that I trust. And um, so I can see almost this sense of, um, oh, I don't know. I, I'm hesitant to say this because I don't know that I, I feel this way at all, but I could see how others might feel that um, there's almost a hierarchical level of friends. And um, so with, with Mary's comment, I, I agree. If somebody were to share something that was shared to them in confidence, that would absolutely be a red flag. However, if it was someone like my mom or my daughter or, you know, my very dear best friend sharing that with me, I might look at that differently. So I think it's the quality of the relationship as well. Right. Yeah. So possibly in Mary's case, I don't know if this was the case, but the person who shared the secret could have been telling Mary about a, an addiction problem. I, that's what came up for me. It's like, uh, I, I understand that my friend, my friend Julie told me not to say anything to you, but she's got an addiction. I have no idea how to help her. Maybe you could help her. So in that case, I can see your Libra mind trying to weigh, <laughs> is it yeah. actually something that, uh, that Mary could be involved in and be helpful to the first party? If it's, mm -hmm. if it's not, then I, I think that maybe that needs to be yeah. looked at a little bit differently. Or I'm also thinking about um, when somebody shares something deep and important with you, um, you carry that. Like it, it, it sometimes, I mean, it depends on what it is, but um, I can see situations where it becomes your problem, not the problem, not the content of the information itself, but just the angst or the, you know, whatever emotions it brings up, just knowing this thing. And so then, it may be your desire to process for yourself what it is like to hold this information, which yeah. is very different than like gossipy 
hey, I heard this thing, you know, that's, that's a little different than um, how, who am I now with this information? And how is it impacting me? I can't sleep or I'm, it's making me rethink my own stuff or, you know, it, it, it's more about the person than it is about the content of the information shared. Yeah, and the reason I highlighted Sagacious Angel's comment here is that a lot of people do trust their family members so much more. And yeah, her bestest friends she's known since school days. Yes, they're there, but best friends in the world, sisters and daughters, so members of, of the family. And and I have to say that you do, it's, it seems like with, with the whole Mary comment, I wonder if it would be like, okay, well, so this person's sharing a secret that somebody else had shared with them. How comfortable am I with sharing anything with them in the future? So it's almost like maybe I'll be a little bit more careful around that person because I could adopt the philosophy. Certainly I do this. And I guess that's like tip number two. Tip number two for Tracy is, is that I don't share anything with anybody that I don't expect them to share around the world. The things that are completely private, I keep to my inner circle. I keep to my husband I keep to my mom. So Tracy, you have a superpower because I'm the, I'm kind of the, I don't want to say I'm the opposite. Well, and certainly I guess I should, um, preface that is I'm a therapist and I absolutely <laughs> respect confidentiality and HIPAA and um, the, but and my tendency is to overshare. I, I just I I can't tell you how many times I have walked away going, why did you say that? <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have shared this personal thing about myself. I tend to be more of an open book than not. I don't know if anybody else uh, feels that way, but I, I would like to be more like you and more selective and thoughtful about what I'm sharing. <laughs> and there have been people on YouTube, actually, who have accused me of sharing too much about myself or being able to say like, okay, so she's sharing her credentials and she's sharing her online persona and she's telling people about how she's a counselor and, and, and everything like that. But that's information that anybody could get anywhere. So I have no problem being myself online. I think, and we'll get to this a little bit more when we talk about online relationships but I don't tell anybody anything that I wouldn't have uh, them share with, with anybody else. And prom I promise you, I've been on live streams all over YouTube and I've made a complete fool out of myself on at times, but I have never spoken about myself in a way that it's like, oh, don't tell anybody. Because guess what? You're on a public platform. <laughs> You're on YouTube, right? Yeah. Well, Mary's, Mary says that, uh, whoops, she said that she was really referring to gossip sort of things, talking to someone else to me about someone else to me. That's definitely something that was on our red flag list. And by the way, Mary was the one who brought up this, this topic. I had oh, uh, posted a, a query to my subscribers and people who listen to my channel about what they would like to see me cover. And Mary's was the very last one that we are covering today. And so it's Perfect. it's great that she's here. And yeah, so that's, that's what I was thinking of is 
Uh, I don't know if that's kind of having to do with don't let the peas touch the carrots, but it's it's almost like you have to de uh, develop a default mindset of whatever I tell you, I'm going to assume goes out everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that's the person, that's the the acquaintances out here, not in here. I, I love to, I wanted to say, Mary, that is so, yeah, spot on. Um, that what I'm thinking of is, the importance of being observant, just being aware. Like there's so many things when you meet a new person, um, do you have that initial attraction to them, you know, and why? Or is there a little standoffness that you sense? You know, some of it is your spidey senses. Some of it's your intuition, you know. Um, but that, that period of observing, like, I feel like there's a part of myself that sits back and watches, you know, I'll, I'll do all the social things that you do when you are, meet people and are socializing, but you're observing, like Mary said, how are they interacting with others? How do they talk about others? How do they um, greet people? Like all of those things that are information for us, whether we're conscious of it or not. I think we're doing a lot of observation. Right. And and what JD is saying here is I share experience I have had in my life online as I hope it would help someone else. I don't go into the finer details though. I also want people to know they're not alone. And this leads us into boundaries. That Those are excellent boundaries. So she knows exactly what she's going to share and under what conditions she is going to share information. If it's going to help someone, if it's a story she can tell that is going to help someone else and know that they're not alone, she will share that. And it'll be some, it's something that she's established. In, and I think that, yeah, that kind of goes back to the first thing, the first point is knowing yourself and where you're comfortable with, you know, if you're at peace with a certain trauma or experience that you've had in your life, um, you may be more apt to share that. And if you're not settled with it, if it's still unfinished and you feel vulnerable in ways to sharing that information, I could see that that would be very different. So it's not black and white, is it? It's this, there's a lot of all this gray area about why you're sharing the information and um, if you've done your own work or not, are you aware of it? Are you not aware of it? Right, it's about you deciding what is right for you and sharing what is right for you. And figuring that out in advance is gonna solve you a, a lot of problems in the future. Uh, like Sagacious uh, says, and this is a really pretty good rule of thumb, I'm pretty much an open book about myself, but I keep others privacy. So mm -hmm. say she had gotten an email from somebody else or had talked uh, to another person, she wouldn't reveal that sort of thing, but she would talk about herself. Uh, there's there's a, a couple of complications that that can happen on online. Um, and again, I promise you, we will get to that. That's the very last one. And Timmy is going to join us with that. But but yeah, if if somebody if somebody is emailing you and telling you that I've, I've had this happen, somebody emailed me and talked to me about somebody else. And there is no way I would ever and there were there are two there are a couple of YouTube people and I get emails all the time about this kind of thing, and I would never 
tell or betray that person's confidence uh, in even though they they've just I don't know them personally, but they contacted me online. So I like that rule of thumb. I think rules of thumb are really yeah. helpful to have. You know what else I'm thinking of? Um, when I back kind of back to that knowing yourself piece is I love this idea of um, knowing your values, you know, because some people are different. Yeah, again, this isn't so black and white as we want to make it, but like some val some people's values are going to be I don't know, what are some values like truth or freedom or security or connection or loyalty. Those are all values. Um and one person's value of loyalty may be higher than another person's value of you know, connection or honesty or something. And so you start to see how relationships are impacted and decisions are impacted depending on somebody's core values. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of people in the true crime community where I got, well, I didn't really get my start anywhere on YouTube because I'm still a really small channel. But what what happened with, with the, the true crime community was that a lot of people were thinking that I was disloyal for mm -hmm. going against a certain creator. Actually, I didn't ever go against them. I just went on another direction and said, I'm not gonna support that or be a part of that anymore and was considered disloyal for that. But what had actually happened was I found out some more information about that creator and I just decided to go another way. That doesn't make me disloyal. That makes me true to my values, right? right. And again, yeah, whatever values I, I had held about that honesty, integrity, and um, you know, not taking advantage of people were the values that I that I connected with in going uh, another way from that creator. And that's okay. We get to do that, right? We get to figure that out. Yeah. And you can learn so much. You know, I would tell the, your followers, your listeners to, you know, pull up, just Google a values list. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's these sheets with all these words on it and, and go through and just circle like your, the ones that speak to you or pick your top five or top three. And it really gives you some insight. And then you can do that with your partner or your friend, whoever you're in a relationship with and compare that. And you may be surprised um, that they're so different from you, or you may be surprised that they're, that your values really align. Um, it may help you understand yourself better. It may help you understand others. One of the things I wrote down that I thought was really um telling is um, that when we know why someone is doing something, we can give empathy to them. And so um, Mary, it, was, it was Mary that was talking about somebody shared something with her and it made her, um, if you understood better why that person did that, um, you can, it can shift to having, not that you have to go along with it or agree with it or anything, but it can give you some empathy for them <laughs> where right. otherwise you may not have that or you may have more judgment. Yeah, and, and on boundaries here, JD is saying that she's shared experience about domestic abuse, mental health, and how she healed. So that would be helpful for people who are also struggling with the same things. And, and I've been pretty clear in my podcasts, especially the earlier ones, I probably need to go back and do more about my own dysfunction and how I've been able to calm my own chaos. But yeah, she just likes helping others and to put forth that there's hope out there is so 
valuable with people who are just feeling kind of stuck I and alone. I learned so much, man, when I see people that are just, you know, sharing authentically about an experience or who they are openly like that, man, I'm just, I, I, I typically have so much respect for them. And um, so, yeah, yeah. And it's hard well, to be seen. Like that's the other piece is putting yourself out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so when you think about people and boundaries, as we're talking about, uh, there's there's these things to where, like you said, values. So maybe I'm a person who I get somebody's email uh, email address or their YouTube channel, or they have a channel and I like to chat and I, I just go all in and I, I start to buzz around that person. And, and, and that's, that's great because I, I really like this person. They're my new friend. It's a great mm -hmm. sort of a situation. Um, and people can do this in real life too. You can give them your phone number and they can be texting you the next day. You can be text bombed or email bombed or whatever. And that might be great with you if you have the same kind of values, but if you have more of a value of privacy and mm -hmm like slower pace, then that might be uncomfortable. I would say this is the, I don't know if this is the third Tracy tip or the fourth, but <laughs> one of my Tracy tips is to, to, to uh, pay attention to your gut and your gut instincts. And if your gut's saying like, Ooh, that, well, that might be a little bit too much. It probably is. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's values are different. Everybody's boundaries are different, but you can definitely tell when something is crossing a boundary with you is how your body feels. What do you think? I, I absolutely agree with that. And I, and you know, it's no judgment on the other person. It's just, I kind of see it as, does their energy align with mine? You yeah. know, and if it doesn't, not that they're bad or they're this or that, but um, it's not aligning with where I'm at right now. And um, yeah, you said that so well, because there are people, I'm sure. In fact, I hope, I hope I meet people in the future that I want to text bomb, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, that, what do they call it when you have the honeymoon phase, you know, where you're just so into each other, like that's fun, that feeds you, right? And, um, I know, Laura, why don't you voxer me those, why don't you voxer me those 10 minute voxers anymore. I'm, I'm sort of missing those. <laughs> you're, you're, you've, you've extended to the, the next, uh, or the inner group, Tracy, where I'm like, I, you're, you're in now. So I know I can go a couple weeks or, you know, and not talk to you and we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're one of my friends too, that I know we can go for a long time without talking and then we can pick up wherever we left yeah. off, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move into romance. Uh, because I know there's a couple, well, there's at least one person out in our audience who is considering dating again in the future. And uh, I don't know if anybody else is or is even having, I don't know, children that who are dating. But uh, as 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 far as romantic kind of connections, I, uh, I'm wondering what you think about like people who are going into a relationship and start to meet somebody, what kind of things you feel like they need to maybe be aware of? Not not saying it's potential red flag, but it's more, you know, kind of like, a, a, you know, a, a 
kind of a kind of a caution. <laughs> kind of like, oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, you know, my answer, I'm so lame, but I'm going to say the same thing. I just feel like people have to, we all have to do our own work. You know, we're going to fall into the same old patterns. We're going to be attracted to the same old people if we aren't paying attention. Awareness, awareness is the first part of the work, right? So um, being aware of yourself. <laughs> Angel, help. <laughs> yeah. And then JD saying that, uh, well, I'm married, but I could look for a bit on the side. And you know what? Sometimes that's okay with couples. I'm not sure that that's, that's the case with you, but sometimes when they agree that that is something that they're fine with, then who are mm -hmm. we to judge what they do if they are in agreement in their relationship? So, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, well, and of course, the potential for romantic relationships has diminished substantially since the pandemic, right? Because where do you usually meet people? In a bar? <laughs> Actually, I would say at work or at school. I think I've met most, I've only had like two partners. My whole, I've yeah. only had two partners, um, work and school. Yeah. And then we're talking public places or churches, other friends and Mutual friends. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, gatherings. Yeah, gatherings. Exactly. And that's been so limited. I, yeah. So if we look back over that, I would love to like do this whole history of romance from like prehistoric era <laughs> forward, you know, what did romance look like when we were, you know, the paleolithic days and, and then moving forward? <laughs> I always thought, I always thought that the cavemen, they, they kind of went and they saw who they wanted and they just grabbed her by the hair and just dragged her into the cave. And the woman maybe, had a whole lot. But maybe the women did that. Who knows? <laughs> Could have, what would they have dragged them by? Hmm. I wonder. You know, you gotta carry a big stick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so that Great. that is is it's interesting. Like the the opportunities for you to meet somebody have definitely dwindled during the pandemic. And uh, so mm -hmm. so here we are thinking about these things like what used to happen is you go into a bar with a friend and you're just kind of hanging out and then somebody buys you like says they want to buy you a drink. And it's sort of like, for me, I don't know about you, if that's ever happened to you, but for me, that was kind of like, mm, okay, like what does that person want in exchange? What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I think probably most of the times that, um, I'm kind of laughing at myself because that's kind of how I met my partner. <laughs> oh, really? They bought you a drink, huh? Him a drink. <laughs> oh, gee, oh. <laughs> wow. Just so bold because that is not me. But I just knew that he wasn't going to make the first move. So I had to do it. <laughs> oh, that is well. So that's a great example of how yeah. it is not necessarily a red flag when somebody mm -hmm. buys you a drink uh, or offers to buy you a drink. They may just yeah. want. But this is the difference too. Like now, so before, before, <laughs> before the pandemic, um, <laughs> there, there's so much to be said about uh, <laughs> too shy. <laughs> <laughs> there's something to be said about chemistry right like 
Um, you, um, you could meet your eyes meet across the room or your hand brushes across theirs, you know, <laughs> you, like there's a chemistry thing, right? We, we rely on that so much. And so the idea of meeting someone not in person, like a developing a relationship virtually or is it, it's just different. That's why I was bringing up the prehistoric date. Like we've throughout time and history, we've connected with people, um, whether it's romantically or not, through more than just words or you know a screen. It's been in person. It's been it's all the chemicals that you feel without even realizing it in their presence. And so that's not that's that's harder now, I guess. Hopefully not. Hopefully won't continue to be that way. But um, there's a lot to be said about getting to know someone in person. Yeah. And when now we have texting, we have emailing, we have FaceTiming, we have all these things. And so if you have an in-person uh, person who you are dating, then there are things that this is from what I've heard because I haven't been out in the dating world in a while, but from what I've heard from clients and others who are out in the dating world is that one of the, the major things that happens is that we're, we're going along with a conversation and we're having fun and we are meeting regularly, but then the conversation just suddenly stops. Like mm -hmm. they, they leave you. And, and I'm wondering if that is a red flag or if that is something, obviously it's a sign. It could be a sign that their phone is broken too. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if even if you're texting with a person and it's uh, uh, right now it's 144 and I'm texting with you and you're responding and then I ask you a question and then nothing, mm -hmm. nothing, nothing, nothing. Crickets, right? That's what they say. Left on red. Have you left heard that? on red. Yep. On red. Left on red. That's what the kids say. Left on red. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people with abandonment issues are yeah. really very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, I could see it's a different. Uh, it's a different era for sure. Ghosting, absolutely, Tim. Yeah. Uh, because I have daughters who are in their early 20s, mid and early 20s, and um, and it, and they communicate so differently. You know, they, as we know, we went, probably many of you recognize this. We, we're the generation where, you know, you leave a voicemail <laughs> and when you don't get through, or if the phone rings, you answer it. This is a generation where, no, 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 they'll never listen to their voicemails and will never answer a call or rarely, um, and they'll text, but only at their convenience. Um, so it's, mm -hmm. it's communication, I think, is just how we communicate really dictates and determines the quality and nature of our relationship, which is illustrated by our own personal values and history and experience, so. Right, right. Uh, sagacious says put put you in the friend zone now at least that would be communication about what's going on uh, left leaving you on red or not answering any of your communications but what about if you get this sort of like you're a nice girl but you know i really do like you as a sister or a friend you know putting in the friend zone uh, timmy think, seems to think that that's like death valley Yes. 
it's, it's yeah it's it's a it's a hint that's more than a small hint <laughs> and yeah. you know what though i i have to say that i don't really think that that's an insult i would rather be put in the friend zone than to be not talked to at all because at least i know where i stand if i'm in the friend zone if i'm if i'm trying to pursue somebody romantically and they say you know i you know you're just not that for me i would say great and and if we can be friends for me that would be great uh but but for them just to not even answer that's really a chronic problem with some of our young people today and it's really super upsetting for people for sure yeah yeah um what was i gonna say uh that it also is informative and tells you what they were looking for you know if you're if you develop a relationship with someone online or virtually or whatever through a dating with with the intention of dating and then it doesn't work out for whatever reason i mean i have a friend who i love her she she went on she did this she made this pact with herself that she was going to go on 100 dates before she you know settled and she did it like i told her you need to write a book because she, but she treated it so, I mean, here was the schedule, here was the agenda, like it was like check, 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 check. <laughs> but she also learned a lot um, about meeting people and about how to communicate and how different people were. And so I'm sure she became sort of a master at um, saying, uh, you know, it was great to meet you and, you know, you're a wonderful person and I'm not what I'm just not that into you, like Mary says from Sex in the City, right? Um, right, right. So, uh, yeah, so I could see, so she has made many friends out of that experience. And the people that didn't want to remain in contact with her were clearly only interested in her in one way, which was a, a commitment way. Um, and so that is also very telling. Well, yeah. So sometimes you can be dating a person because you're just, there's this understanding that we're dating and we're not exclusive. So we're not partners. We're not going together, whatever you want to call it, but we're just dating. And then there's that situation where you, you are in public and you see this person with somebody else. And that is often hard for people because, you know, yeah. it's just difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Tim, Timmy says, but what if number 54 was the right one? I totally agree with you. I, Timmy, I had this conver many conversations with her about that because I feel like intuitively, I feel like she kind of put that message out to the universe that she was going to go on 100 dates. So that's exactly what she got. You know, she wasn't going to find the right person because that's that wasn't what she was seeking, you know, and um yeah. Yeah. Date 99. <laughs> he would hate to be date number 99. Actually, I would like to be date number 99 because if she didn't like 100, then she would have you in her memory banks, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, 
Well, yeah. And I think that the the things you want to look at most in romantic relationships are going to be besides the obvious. Now, I did link to a Dr. Grande video down below uh, in the description for this video. And he talks about uh, seven signs of toxic relationships, if you're interested. And he makes a good point to where it's like, well, so we are uh, taking uh, taking uh, for granted that we are excluding domestic violence and uh, abuse and uh, and also infidelity, right? Because those are those are red flags. They're not things that are insurmountable and they can be they can be actually dealt with, but those are things that are are signs that there's a problem in the relationship is if there's uh, there's violence or if there's infidelity, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and always, you know, I'm the parrot in the room, bringing it back to yourself. Why is it that you tend to be attracted to certain types of people? And um, most of that stuff is subconscious. It's not, we're not even aware of it. I, I went, I mean, before I was with in this relationship that I've been in for 20 years, um, I was attracted to people that, that, um, we're happy to have multiple relationships without me knowing. <laughs> and it was like, what is that? Why, why am I attracted to that sort of person? You know, I had to really do some self work on that. And yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny that you say that because the people that I was attracted to before I met Timmy were the people who are going to be uh, mentally and emotionally abusive. And so that that is an interesting sort of subject that maybe we could talk talk about uh, at another time, because I know that a lot of the, the women on YouTube, at least, and probably in podcast world are interested in, well, what made me choose that person when they were obviously so wrong, uh, so mm -hmm. wrong for me. But I do think that you, we're looking at in, in romantic relationships anyway, uh, extremes. So anybody who is an extreme, like angels and demons, black and white mm -hmm. thinker, or too fast or too slow, again, that's about boundaries. That's one of the things. And then the other thing is just if they're inflexible, if they're just not going to be able to veer from their point of view, even if it comes to you trying to explain yourself and they're just not hearing you, then that's another, in my mind, another Tracy tip red flag that I would look at in terms of a red flag in a romantic relationship. Because think about it. Are you going to want to spend time with a person in a romantic relationship who's not even going to listen to you when you have a, a point that you're trying to make and they they don't even honor your, your, uh, your opinion if they interrupt you? you, if they put you down, all of that stuff. All those things are sort of in my mind obvious, but I thought I'd just mention, uh, did I miss any of the obvious red flags? I'm sure that there are more of them. No, well, I don't know if your listeners have there, but yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, Sagacious says, yeah. yeah. And I've heard her talk about this before that, that she actually feels this visceral sort of reaction when a man raises his voice at at her and and so yeah that's that's again trying to listen to your body too like if your body's telling you no then mm -hmm. then that might be a, a huge red flag but she already knows that if somebody raises their voice that it's not going to be a good thing so mm -hmm. yeah i guess um changes in behavior sudden changes in behavior um mm -hmm. and any kind of signs of codependency 
And I don't know that this this audience has a whole lot of uh, knowledge of, of codependency, but I can explain it really super simply, is that you're involved in a relationship where, where people are trying to use manipulative means uh, to get their own needs met. And this is something that's done a lot of times unconsciously. And uh, the, the, the way I learned codependency, and maybe Laura, you can enlighten me about what you know about it, is that there is this victim triangle that either you are a victim or you are a person who is a persecuting a victim and or you are a person who's trying to rescue a victim or you can switch roles but what it is is that you are trying you you are working with another person to get your needs met in a relationship that is not helpful to either one of you. Uh, although I know that people can live in codependent relationships for their their whole lives, it's not necessarily the most healthy relationship. Absolutely, I love that. I I would throw in. Um, let's see if I can remember. This is so old. Do you remember? This is like, gosh, nineties when the Celestine Prophecy book came out. Do you remember that book? Oh my gosh. They talked in that book about, it was about energy and how people get energy from each other. And there, and there was four energy sucking types. <laughs> we're, we're all, we all embody them um, when we're needing um, an energy, you know, when we need, uh, when we're feeling depleted or down. And so one of them was the, the um, rescuer. One of them was the more of the victim or poor me type. One of them was the um, interrogator. So that's the one that's not in the, the, the rescue triangle, an interrogator. So that's somebody that just pick, 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 you know, and, and, um, and then, so what poor me, aggressor, intimidator, interrogator. Oh, and the fourth one was the aloof type the type that just shuts down and then you're trying to get information or anything from them and they just, you know, um, step away. And so, yeah, you fall into these energy playing games where you're either giving energy or you're getting energy sucked away from you, or you're trying to get it from someone else. And when you find, and that, like you said, Tracy, it's so, it's so unconscious on our part, but when when you start to fall into that familiar pattern, that's where it's imperative to shake that up and break out of that. And um, otherwise you're living in a really subconscious kind of world. <laughs> where you're just trying to get your needs met, but at the other person's expense and, mm -hmm. and detriment often. It's so a piece that you talk about. Yep. Yeah. Well, Mary brings up love bombing, quickly saying, I love you when they don't even know you. And They're projecting. Yes. They just, and yeah, you're standing there going, who do you think I am? <laughs> what, yeah, what are you seeing? Cause <laughs> right. You hardly know me. Like you don't know that, you know, yeah. I bite my toenails. I don't know why that came up, but like, you don't know that I bite my toenails. You think yeah. you love me, but you've never seen me bite my toenails before. So yeah. that, that kind of thing. And people presuming that they know you, like you just met me. And that is a boundary issue. It really is because uh, it's not okay for somebody to express that kind of thing so early on, like get to know me better maybe. Right. And so, but maybe other people think, Hey, that's great. I love you too. And it's, it's great. Yeah. So it's yeah. a boundary yeah. issue. It is. Yep. 
Yeah. You've got to be on the same page. What do you think, Tracy, about the love languages? We're talking <laughs> about relationships and romance. Oh, yes. I should put a link to the, the five love languages below. And uh, the problem I have with it, I, I love it. I really do. And at the same time, I think that people have more than one love language. And then they it's kind of it's hard for the partner to understand, especially if you're on the cusp like I am. I love uh, acts of service and words of encouragement. Those are my two love languages. And so, of course, my partner to me, he, he's got different love languages. So, so he knows mine, I know his. And it's, it's tough, though, when you have two of them, because sometimes you don't understand what is needed. <laughs> do I need to get, do I need to like clean up the kitchen for you? Or do I need to tell you I love you? <laughs> Right. So. What do you need? A massage or a <laughs> words of encouragement? <laughs> yeah, I I know. Yeah, sometimes. But the thing is, is he's tried uh, on some occasions to do one of them, and it's like this is not what I need now. And so uh, I guess I guess that's what you have when a person is able to to tell you what they do and don't need. But still, it's it's sort of it's sort of uh, frustrating for the person to figure it out. I guess I like the love language so you can get a general idea of what your partner likes. Uh, and at the same time, just being able to check in, like just say, what do you need now? What, what do you need from me? Yeah. And uh, that's very counselory uh, as I think about it and not everybody <laughs> knows that. Like, what do you need from me right now? Would yeah. be a great tip for somebody who is struggling with a relationship that they just kind of can't figure out, I think, mm -hmm. you know? So, mm -hmm. well, I want to bring Timmy up. I do want to look at this sagacious angel has just commented about her ex-husband. Yeah, they have a really good relationship. They're still good friends. He never stuck up for me and raised his voice. Right, right. So if you're in a situation where uh, somebody else is, is saying something that is harmful to you or maybe hurtful and he's not on your side, that can feel really awful. I, I know, you know, I, it brings up the values piece for me because um, without going to history or past, like who in your life did that to you um, that, but I know people, um, people, I know people in some relationships would be fine with that. Um, mm -hmm. Clearly not sagacious angel. And I don't, I wouldn't either, but, um, but I think about so clearly your values, sagacious angel, are about respect, um, about um, he didn't stick up for you. So loyalty, loyalty. or um, camaraderie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Just get to know that about yourself and to make sure that you're aligning with someone that can um, respect those values. Yeah. So with violence, it's pretty easy, I guess, unless you really like getting uh, treated violently, it's pretty easy to say like, this is a red flag. But with something like this is that it really takes a lot of internal knowledge about yourself and what you you like and what you can handle and what you can't. And so a comment like this really shows me that Sagacious knows what she wants in a relationship and what she doesn't. And I think that's really, again, getting to knowing about yourself. So as Sagacious gets ready to go into the dating world, or maybe not, I don't know, maybe we can encourage her to do that. <laughs> I'm not sure. She may have some questions for us. Uh, I'm going to bring 
up a comment from my husband, which is so awesome because he did two things at once. Once he did an act of service, which is to comment on my live stream, but he also gave me words of encouragement. I'm doing a great job. Keep up the great good work. And I know he did that comment because of the fact that I have those two love languages. Right, Timmy? Yes, I'm sure. We're going to bring him up in just a minute when we talk about online relationships. But I do want to give people a chance to ask us some questions, if you have any, about friendships and romantic relationships. And we'll go on to online and we'll cover some of both of these, uh, friendship and romance in online as well. So if you want to wait for that, Otherwise, um, gosh, it's it's really super cool to talk to you about this because I don't think we've actually ever talked about this topic before together. No, not together. No. And I was th I was thinking about it, you know, before I came on and thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, what what are we going to what are we going to talk about? This is so fascinating and interesting. And right. I really love hearing other people's. This is such a fun platform, Tracy, just to be connected with the your listeners and um, interact like that. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. It's it's hard to keep track of the chat, but I'm doing better now. All you have to do is get uh, committed to doing it. And like for me, it's taken so long for me just to get comfortable with the online podcasting that I haven't been able to interact with the chat. And then I just made my mind up that I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't sound perfect, it's going to be fine. And I uh, am not doing too bad, apparently, according to my husband, who says I'm doing a great <laughs> job. And uh, so, all right, we have a comment from JD. My husband, my first husband put me down in front of others all the time. My now husband would never. He is always mm -hmm. very respectful. Oh, I love respect. Yes, respect is a very good thing to mention. Thank you so much, JD, yeah. about me and boasts how lucky he is. <laughs> and so he should. <laughs> I'll bet he knows how your spoons look and where your spoons are in the in the cupboard, how they sound when you're playing them. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really wanting to hear JD play the spoons. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mary says her her ex did as well. Um, husband never crossword. Yeah. So it seems like the second time around is, is also, I mean, that's true for me as well. I, yeah, my first true. one was extremely disrespectful, passive aggressive and a bunch of other things. And uh, I'm sure he's on his journey to wellness wherever he's at, uh, I hope. And yet the, you know, Timmy has been amazing, not perfect, but uh, amazing. You know, and that see, that's another thing we kind of talked about is how we've evolved from our earlier relationships and how we choose them and um, the things that are important to us. I mean, I remember being in high school and the cute guys were the guys you wanted, right? The whatever. But um, and the older we get, the more my partner is very good looking. I'm going to say that publicly. <laughs> However, that's not what attracted me to him, you know, uh, as as we get older. Things like I'm telling you, Pastor Mark, the fact that he is a good builder is pretty dang um, attractive <laughs> to a lot of people. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Yeah. So uh, I guess 
for for that. I I love that yeah. because you do get attracted to that energy. It goes back to the the caveman days. The I was just gonna say that. I was gonna say living on the prairie. I mean, you know, a good catch is a wife that could cook a good meal, right? Like, man, who cares about the skinny blonde? <laughs> oh right. God. You want a yeah. lady that can you know haul some wood and cook some good meals and right. keep your bed warm at night. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's evolutional. You know, we want it, we want our species to survive, not look great. I mean, we can look great and survive, but we got to survive first, yeah. right? Yeah. Look great. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's bring up Timmy and he's going to talk, he's going to sort of spearhead this discussion on online online relationships and what sort of things to look for and we'll overlap with romance here. Hello, Timmy. Oh, hello. How is everybody doing today? Well, uh, we are doing fine. We're having some fun talking about relationships, Mr. Wrench, and we're hoping that you might be able to enlighten us on the ins and outs of the online scene, because uh, you have told me recently that you've had an experience with somebody approaching you online. So yes. I'm very interested to hear this. Yes. It actually started, um, I, I got a friend request on Instagram. I don't do Facebook anymore, even though Instagram is basically Facebook, just with no word, mostly pictures. Um, so I, I got a friend request and I'm like, well, why is this girlfriend requesting me? And then I looked, this is Motown's Gamer. And that happens to be one of my other brother's um, name on Instagram. He followed her and she followed him. So I said, okay, what's the harm, you know? Um, less than like five minutes later, she's like sending me an Instagram message. So we started chatting back and forth a little bit. I was just playing it up, having some fun. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I started getting some of the words and some of the conversations she was having in some of her texts, just, you could tell she wasn't from this country or, or, you know, it was broken English kind of. So I did a little research. I went on as a, you know, Instagram scammers or, or something like that. And, and they, they gave me some tips, uh, some ways to, to understand how somebody might be trying to trick you because where the conversation went is this, this personality, I will call it, asked me to give, give my phone number to them so that we could chat better. And I was thinking, what's wrong with what we're doing now? It's the same thing. So that's when I just basically cut it off. I did the research and I found out you know, some of the things to look for. So if you're getting possibly getting scammed, this is the new version of the prince from Nairobi that needs money. So this is the new way they do it. They try to get you to get your phone number or something. And I did not do that. Um, look at their posts. So this person had posted seven pictures and they posted them all that day at that minute. And they weren't all from the same day. You could tell the outside looked different. They were, this person was in different, um, different outfits. Some of them had nothing. They weren't even a picture of this girl. So what, what's happening is what you can see is, is people are probably trolling Facebook or Instagram and, and copying those pictures and then creating a fake account. Also, this person's account name was, was, a first two first names followed by a series of numbers. That's a big red flag there when you guys are talking flags. Um, and then, you know, the seven pictures, a couple of them, you could tell it was the same person. So it was her, uh, but they were all posted exactly at the same time. 
and and um, I think it was Mary or somebody had posted earlier about calling uh, "I love you too soon." Well, in this tree, this conversation of like five different texts we sent back and forth, she goes, "I would never tr do that to you, honey." Do, do what to me? Do I don't what know. To you, honey? I don't know. <laughs> so I was like, "No, okay, unfollow. Just you know, delete, delete, delete. Don't want it. Get out of here." Asking for my phone number, calling me. Too many red flags. Didn't they um, but, also? But I guess that's a, a thing that's going on where, you know, when you post something to Facebook, you do not own that picture anymore. Facebook really owns the rights to that picture. And the same thing goes for Instagram, which obviously is owned by Facebook. So, um, <laughs> so you just got to be careful. What is that? Mark. <laughs> that better? Yeah, I bet he will. <laughs> So yeah, you, you just you just gotta be careful. You know, it was a very interesting thing. I, I learned a lot. Uh, it it forced me to do some research and to figure some things out. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, just just be careful because there are people out there. It's it's the new version of the Nairobi prince who needs a little bit of money from you and he'll pay you back tenfold. And didn't didn't they also give you their their dimensions like? Height? Oh yeah, she told me how tall she was. Like I I didn't even ask. I mean I I, I don't care how tall you are, but <laughs> five seven to me, you know, you're you're pretty tall to me. So yeah, I've I've definitely experienced that with some of my clients. Um, and uh, so what I want to say about that is that. There are people, I mean, we know this, but there are people that know what's happening and still participate. Isn't that crazy? Like, uh -huh. um, in other words, I, I had a client who knew that this person was somewhere in some other country and they were sending this person money, but they were still, the, the fact that this person would call them every day and ask them how they were doing and show some sort of interest. And, you know, I work with older adults. And so this was an older adult who was, you know, starved of attention and intimacy. And, and to her, and this was a female, to her, it was worth the price. She would send money. You know? uh -huh. <laughs> and I had another uh -huh. client who, who was convinced that his doctor model girlfriend from you know wherever she was was truly going to you know send for him and um take care of him through the rest of his life he sent her a lot of money too well what yeah. is this about the nigerian internet cafe timmy you must know about this apparently. no I, I don't i think what she's just re referencing is, is maybe that's kind of what it's turning into oh um, yeah yeah you know, i mean how can we how can we know like somebody who wants to get back into the dating scene or is thinking about it and maybe wants to go on an online dating site what kind of things do we want to look for when we're setting up profiles or even reading through some of those messages that we get back from people who are interested in us what kind of things do you think that we need to be looking for at at uh, well, there's a lot of them. You know, you got the eHarmony, right? Um, that's that's the popular one. Um, gosh, I think there was a, a cowboy one, um, Western dude, or I don't know what it was called. Um, somebody in the chat probably knows. Western but, dude. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was farmers or something like that. farmer man for me or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> but there was one that was like that. 
You know, I mean, think about the evolution of how this is all came. Everybody probably remembers Heidi Fleiss, right? Heidi Fleiss had the, the black book. She was the Hollywood madam, right? Um, she had the black book. And then when Holly met her, um, Heidi Fleiss got caught, then it kind of moved into, you know, the online world because that's when the internet started becoming popular and things like that. So then we got, um, what was it? Um, I think it was Holly Madison was at the site. It was promoted a lot on the Howard Stern yeah. show. Nothing Madison. It's, it's where yeah. rich, yeah, where rich guys would go on there. And, you know, I'm a doctor. I make a, you know, $250,000 a year. I'm looking for some 18 year old girl who I can lavish. And, you know, it was just an intricate way of prostitution, right? Of, yeah. Well, that got shut down. Now we've lowered ourselves to Tinder. So now <laughs> if you're just looking for a hookup, just go on to Tinder or, or whatnot. It's, it's, it's pretty sad. I, I'm with Sagacious where she had said, where, where's the old nightclub where you go out and have a drink and maybe get to know somebody? I, not like that was a foolproof plan, but uh, may, you know, maybe we need to take a few steps back. <laughs> and part of it is generational too. You yeah. know, uh, the Tinder piece, yeah, is like, I don't know. I mean, I have my thoughts about it. I also have young daughters who, um, you know, have... I don't know, actually. I think one of them was, we, we actually, this is so bad. I actually talked one of our daughters into um, uh, trying it out. <laughs> she, she needed to meet somebody. But um, yeah, I think it's all, all different. What was the last post that you had up there, Tracy? I was gonna, oh, Mary said, yes. I, my best friend met and married her husband through um, an online dating site. And so good, yeah, how do you know who, Pastor Mark was saying, that's what's scary about the internet, you can be anyone you want. That's mm -hmm. what's true is who are we to know? And how is that different from meeting someone in person? You can kind of say whatever you want in person as well. So we just don't have our spidey senses, you know, to read vibes as well as we do when it's online. Yeah, Pastor Mark says, make sure that you check to see how many dates they're on. And when they're at 99, then you want to spring in, right? You want to spring in for that 100. <laughs> this is dating I advice. My friend, I will share my friend is not with anyone now. So <laughs> I don't know how well of a strategy that was. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, so, um, so uh, Mary says that there is a scary story about Mary Kay Beckman and what happened to her. And I believe that somebody stalked her and murdered her, but he found her on match.com. That obviously is not going to help Sagacious Angel start her, her online dating, but it's going to help her to be more careful. So I appreciate those sorts of stories. And uh, yeah, how do you know that you're not going to be uh, hooking up with a person who could possibly murder you. Oh no, you could be, you know, you know, you can watch all those lifetime movies, which I'm sure there's dozens of them about the psycho girlfriend or the psycho boyfriend from match.com or something like that. I, you know, yeah. that, that would scare you. I think one of the signs is being too agreeable. 
Like, like if the person, if, if they're always agreeable and they're never having a problem with you and they never, there's no, no, no conflict, whatever. I, for some reason, I think that's a big uh, red flag because you always have conflict with people. I, and I know that when you're first dating, you're, you got your front stage, you know, your thing going on there your backstage stuff, you leave it at home. But I think through time, if that person isn't, really saying a whole lot or if there's not anything weird going on. <laughs> you know i mean what what can i say if 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 this doesn't happen then you know yeah. there's got to be a problem especially yeah. on your one of your really great kissing sessions if this doesn't happen oh yeah hey what are you trying to say <laughs> What? I didn't say anything. I was just I know trying, you didn't. I'm, I'm trying to run my live stream here. <laughs> Sounds like you're trying to has dig anybody, up some old history. Has anybody ever brought someone on a date, like a first date? I'm thinking about if I was single and I was and I met somebody online, but I didn't really know who they were or if I was safe or not. Like I might would it be weird? It would be weird to bring your friend with you. <laughs> that would be a red flag, Laura. We sat at a different table and we didn't tell anyone. <laughs> well, we could have her sit at yeah, a different table. Tracy and Timmy, you guys just like book a table right next to us and then... <laughs> Exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. And then we'll just keep our eyes on you just to make sure that guy's not a creeper. And we'll be texting you the whole time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was something Mark had put in there, you know, needs. yeah, needs. you know, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say definitely Sagacious wants to have a chaperone. So maybe have them sit like, oh, if you were to meet someone online, you'd have a chaperone. <coughs> oh, you mean like if Sagacious, are you meaning that if you were having a FaceTime with this person and you just want to make sure that somebody else is there just to kind of witness it. That'd be interesting to know. I think she means if she met them online and then was meeting in person. Oh, in person. Right. That's what I'm, yeah. that's what I'm getting. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and now you could probably do that because you can go to restaurants and bars and in some places. So yeah. <laughs> Gosh. What are you laughing at? Oh, JD's last comment there, you know, right there. My husband's friend met his partner on a dating site and they brought their first house together recently when my hubby's friend was on this site. His recently divorced wife was on it too. Oh, gosh. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, very much so. But, you know, you talk about some of the other signs, you know, as you're dating somebody. So say you've kind of gone through that stage of meeting and, now we're starting to date a little bit. And, and I think Pastor Mark was mentioning this. He put like three signs in there earlier. You know, um, the cell phone is, is, a, is a great kind of clue into who you're dating. You know, um, at first, sometimes they're always checking their phone and looking at it and say, oh, yeah, my buddy texted me. We did this and this. And then all of a sudden, they start to get a little bit more secretive about their phone. Maybe it never was locked before, but now it is locked. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and now the, the girlfriend or the the person they're seeing or boyfriend can't get into the phone or, or you know, it's all of a sudden it's a secret. Right. What's changed? 
It, yeah, when they just suddenly start, and that's a change in behavior, which I was talking about before. Yeah. Now I can't see what's going on. Like, why Why the suspicion? I know that Timmy knows my password to my phone and I know his, but do I grab it? No, but now that they, I know about Instagram, girl, maybe I'll be grabbing it a little bit more often, see what's up, what's up, huh? <laughs> okay, honey. <laughs> okay, I'm five foot five. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, nobody seems to have any questions. I want to know this. What do, what do the people in chat think about a person? Say you're dating a person and then you get engaged. Say you're, it's really serious. Everything's going along fine. And then you find out that the person wants a prenup. That's a big thing. Like people's, they, they can really kind of get their little uh, panties in a twist uh, or undies or boxer shorts about prenups. What do people think about prenuptial agreements? And if, if they would say that's definitely not allowed or if they have some strong feelings about that, um, just wondering. Do yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I can go either way with it. In my mind, a, a prenup, you know, I've, I've got nothing to hide. I'd share everything, but I also could see how, um, if somebody was asking me to get a prenup, I would say, well, you know, hey, I, I, I trust you. Not, well, not so much the trust. I do, but it's like I agree that what you have is yours. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting into this relationship to take some sort of materialistic thing from you. So if if you want to protect it, because I mean, whatever, I, I have no problem with it. I'm not marrying you for I don't know your eight million dollars or whatever. You know, that's not why I'm marrying. That's that's exactly what Mary is saying that it wouldn't bother her because she's not in the relationship for the possessions. And, oh, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what she just said. So <laughs> there's two people who said it wouldn't bother them, and then um, Pastor Mark, of course, has to say that he would sign it. I'm not in it for the money. So there's another one. Yeah. What if? What if? Do they have prenups that say like? <laughs> After five, if after five years, because, <laughs> okay, so here I'm playing the other side, right? Like I always do. Um, what if, like, I'm thinking I've invested a lot in my relationship with the person I'm with and um, he, not that he doesn't have any money that I'm <laughs> after, but uh but I'm thinking, okay, the, well, if you have kids, that's one thing, right? You are in a relationship, if we were to then split, of course there's child support, but there's also like, if, if they're rolling in the dough, then, you know, you entered in this relationship, you have children now, or I'm thinking, again, I'm saying this stuff, I don't necessarily believe it, but, or, and, um, yeah, I think about the uh, years that you put into a relationship with some or someone, or like in my case, he has really helped me. Um, he had the kind of nine to five job with insurance and benefits and all that. Well, I was able to build my private practice. I would never have been able to do that without his help. But now I'm the one making more money. And so things change and relationships shift and the amount of energy you you come together as a unit and you work and you you know improve from that point so I don't know I'm just throwing out other ideas of like when would a prenup not be a good idea or 
Right, right. I, I don't know. I, Sagacious has got a good point here is that they're, it's sort of like they're saying, hey, I like you, but it probably won't work. So what's the point? And so we just, I don't know if that's what she was saying in regards to prenups, but that is one of the arguments of prenups of, against them is that don't you, are, are you just saying that it's not going to work out? Because you're already sort of planning for it not to work out by just uh -huh. putting a prenup out there. So so that I don't know if that's what she was meaning or not, but it, it, it is an argument against mm -hmm. a prenup for sure. Yeah. What about if somebody who you're dating just shows up at your work and doesn't even, like they just start showing up at your work or bringing you some flour. Look at Laura's head that's is- the, That's the peas and the carrots mixing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> nope. We're going to have to get you a new vegetable here, okay? <laughs> the so, carrots and the squash. <laughs> Throw a little corn in there. <laughs> yeah, well, now we're now we get mixing it up. Yeah, see? Right. Yeah. No, it's that's that's sort of um, an interesting sort of thing. And it's a boundary issue. But, Laura, you really had a visceral reaction. Yeah, didn't I? <laughs> I still, I've been with Carl for 20 years, and I'm still like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Oh, you brought flowers. Okay, thanks. <laughs> oh well, well, yeah. So, um, yeah, I've got I've got a couple other ones, especially online. So, what if you find out that you are getting along with a, a person online, but you like have a Facebook you have a Facebook uh, profile and you find out that they're saying some really judgmental things politically or saying something about other people, uh, name calling other people, would that be uh, a red flag to people here? You think so? You, you're kind of, it's, Timmy doesn't have Facebook, so. No, but I, I do have a judgment when it, when it comes to somebody, you know, I don't, I don't like people who call other people names and things like that. No, there's no, there's no place for that. Um, I don't know how I would feel about, about the whole political thing. I, you know, obviously our, the political culture in our country now is, is very divided. Um, it's really weird. I remember where, you know, we, we had a little bit left and, and a little bit right and, and, kind of somewhere in between but now it's like you're either way over here or you're way over here and there's nothing in between and then there's you're either one or the other and if you and yeah. if you lean to the left oh my gosh you're a socialist and if you lean to the right oh my gosh you're such a conservative and and there's nothing in between it's like no there's no crossing so i i don't know i mean i remember back when you and i were dating there tracy some time ago maybe just a few weeks ago uh, it wasn't mm -hmm. that way I mean, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's so true. But um, and and here's the the showing up at work thing. A couple of other views is they like the flowers, and so yeah, if, if they do like the flowers. And uh, Mary was saying that her husband uh, every month would, would so give <laughs> flowers to her, and so it does depend on what you what you want at all for sure. See, I would give you flowers every month, but the neighbors would get mad. <laughs> because they wouldn't they'd be running out exactly right yeah it looks like some people are thinking uh, about no name calling that would be a boundary so you just really kind of have to know what's okay with you it goes back to what laura this is she is so wise it, it <laughs> depends on 
what is okay with you. So because in general, your value might be your value might be it it may be attractive to someone whose value is to speak out for what they believe in, mm-hmm. to have a voice. And for someone else, the value is not to be seen or have attention drawn to them. <laughs> um, or exactly. you know, be respectful that yeah. That's the same thing with PDAs or public displays of affection. Uh, Sometimes, especially when you're new to dating, or maybe if you're not so new, having somebody, you know, just grab you and like, like smack you on the lips or something like that, or, or like grab your butt or like whatever it is. I don't know if that's a PDA. That's something that may be fine for some people, but yeah, you kind of have to know like what that other person's okay with. Right. Exactly. That's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah, some people are fine with that, but others are I know some people that are not fine with the PDAs. (laughs) Well, I mean, to a point, they're all right, but yeah. What are you talking about here? (laughs) I wonder. (laughs) Nobody in particular. (laughs) Well, I mean, just because I don't like my butt grabbed, I mean, geez. That's not a PDA. It's a massage. That's a really short massage. Yes, it is. It's a very quick massage of the buttocks. The gluteus maximus needs to be massaged. Oh my gosh. Can't be doing with full on, but I love holding hands. Yes. Yes. Holding hands is all right, right? I mean, maybe not on the, the first date. I don't know, but maybe on the first date, who knows? Again, that's up to you to figure that out. And I love that we're talking about this because anybody who's trying to or would like to go out into the dating world, think about what you like, what you wouldn't like, and then be mindful about the people who are out there. And it's okay to be able to say, I'm sorry, I'm gonna step back a little bit from this person. I don't know if I would leave them on red or not call them back. But doing what you what's true for you and your values is never a bad thing. So we want to look at extremes, like extreme too fast, too slow, and where you stand in the middle there, because uh, maybe you are on that extreme, and it's okay that somebody like wants to go full on at first or want to go really super slow. If you're at the same pace as they are, then that's that's great. Mm-hmm. And then any kind of uh, disrespectful behaviors or behaviors that you feel like your intuitive sense, uh, your your gut feeling is not okay with, I think that's something that you need to pay attention to. Far too few people pay attention to their intuition. In so, many, so many things that you're bringing up that we've talked about this whole time are, um, oh, what's the word, where you are, I'm not thinking of the word, sorry, but it's more about your perception. Like it's not. And so I think communication. Oh, look at what just popped up that Pastor Mark just said as it came out of my mouth. (laughs) Um, That communication is so important. And so this is an opportunity early on to see how others communicate and how comfortable you are communicating with someone. And how you communicate. Sometimes it it can be non-verbally. Like, are they going to read you if you pull back (laughs) Um, or not? Or um, Right. Right. I remember when Timmy and I were first dating uh, uh, that uh, he was saying something about playing footsies with me. 
And uh, and I thought footsies was like, I stomp on his feet. He tries to stomp on my feet. He I try and stomp on his feet. And I had no idea what footsies was at, at all. And uh, he was so disappointed in me for not knowing what that is. And I, I think, I don't know. Do you think that was maybe a red flag, Timmy? Do you <laughs> well, it was definitely a, a yellow light. And I still... I still think to this day that you have a different idea what footsies are. I think you you think it's let me warm my cold feet up using your body. <laughs> that's my new that's my new game of footsies is is doing that. That's the that's so fun. I'm sure you've done that too. It's fun to be on the giving end of footsies on and that. Especially if you can you're really flexible like I am and you can you put your foot feet all the way up to the tummy area and the tummy is so warm yeah. and my feet are so cold. Thank you for your service, for sure. I love that. Timmy gets a big hand of uh, applause there for his uh, husbandly duties. Well-deserved, uh, well-deserved hand for sure. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we did. Uh, we did go. Wow, we we've been going an hour and a half. This is probably a calming the chaos record. I'm hoping that we didn't keep you from anything. I don't see any chat uh, questions, but I am so. Well, there's a new chatter, Susan. Thank you for joining us, Susan. I do see a lot of people were participating, and so I hope you've gotten something out of this. I see well, Paula. Yeah. Who's who's Paula Parkinson? I was going to pull her too. Okay, let me say hi to Paula too. I, I Thank just you. Want to validate Susan's comment because I hear this so much. Um, you know, in my counseling practice, is that um, it is extremely hard the, to um, enter the dating world when you're older. I mean, the, like she said it so well, the rules have changed, um, and nobody knows how anymore and what's expected. But one, one thing I will say that I have seen with a lot of my clients that are dating is that um, they don't have time for the BS. You know, it, it's like we've been through relationships, we've been through raising kids, life is short. You know, um, like some of the things that I've seen are people that um, uh, older people, I'm saying older very loosely, that could mean whatever you want it to mean, but um, where they uh, want to get married um, and they have children that are appalled because maybe their dad just died or maybe, you know, a breakup just happened. But, um, but I, I have found that... Um, older people that are dating now tend to exactly not know how to do it, but then also um, may be more likely to move quickly. Exactly. I think this right here has completely changed the dating scene as well. Yeah. The, the cell phone, you know, how many people it's, it's, it's just crazy that has changed. And then like what you were saying, Lori, you have two different people they could be at two different levels, yes. so to speak, of, of where they're at um, in communication or in technology. You know, I mean, if you've got an 80-year-old parent who doesn't have a cell phone yep. um, and they're trying to date maybe a, a 65, 70-year-old who, who's very much on, up on the tech and it doesn't even need to be that old. But, mm -hmm. you know, you, you could be somebody who's supposedly still on the rotary phone mm -hmm. and somebody else, you know, I mean... <laughs> It, it can be challenging. 
push button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Push button. Mary or says that the only person she's going to date is her bird. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, we know the bird is the word. Bird is the word. <laughs> yes. And welcome, Paula. Welcome, Susan. Good to see you again, Paula. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so it kind of makes me want to go back to the whole nightclub thing, you know, the, the whole nightclub yeah. thing. Yeah. So we need to go back to oh, the nightclub and just what's get some this? Cocktails. You hear my nightclub music here? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go yeah. back to my um, slider phone. <laughs> yeah. So come on over and I'll buy you a drink. Right? Hey, what if somebody has really bad dance moves? Like, oh, is that a red flag? It's all the confidence level. I would I would date somebody with bad dance moves if they were confident and owned it. Oh, um, we would be perfect then because <laughs> I have the worst dance moves in the world. I do the white man overbite. So it's, it's terrible. Oh, mercy. I wish I could have shown those pictures of you and Mark and I would ask the audience if they'd like to date you. So I'll get that straightened out for next time when I'm back on my paid version of, of StreamYard. I had deleted all of my cookies and I was going back on StreamYard and I used the wrong email address to set this one up and then it was all set up. And so what can you do? But I think it ended up pretty good, I guess. Anybody else got anything to say about relationships, online, friendships, romance? Anything for Sagacious who's thinking about going into the dating world? Anything? I think we all want to know when she gets to date 99 so we can... <laughs> I would not recommend that um, no? strategy. <laughs> like I said, my friend is still single. So. Well, after 100 dates, you know, you need a break. Well, it depends yeah. on what you want. If you just want to meet a lot of people and have a lot of friends and go out and have fun without a serious commitment, then maybe it worked out just great for her. But uh, yeah, I guess that's a good point for Sagacious and others is what do you want to have happen at the end? Do you want a serious relationship to settle down with a partner or do you want to just kind of have a friend or a buddy? <laughs> yeah. So, so here's wow. Pastor Mark. Giving you his uh, his digits. Look at that hottie there. <laughs> I know somebody else who's five foot seven. There, Pastor Mark. That would be Instagram girl, right? Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. I need well, to find out if Pastor Mark lives uh, out of the country. <laughs> How many <laughs> we have on his Instagram? <laughs> I don't know. It's... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could bring them here, right? That's the that's the whole. Uh, oh, yeah. Five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, that's right. And I got to yeah. send them the money to get here. Right. <laughs> They'll get the ticket. Okay. So I right. don't. Have to uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I have really enjoyed today, you guys, and I appreciate all the chats. I hope I did better at interacting with the chatters. Thank you so much for my moderators. I know that Brooke was here earlier. Mary, Sagacious, thank you for ex uh, accepting your blue wrench. You don't have to keep it. You just let me know if you don't want it, but I thought you might like it. And my wrench, Timmy, the wrench. Thank you so much for Laura coming here and reminding us that it is sort of about us, about like what we want and to, to really know ourselves before we get to know someone else. 
for sure. Yeah, somebody says great fun. Paula's frightened to go into. Yeah, Paula, you should listen to some of the replay. You can maybe catch some of the tips that we offered earlier. It's just extremes, behaviors, uh, changes, and some things that have to do with codependency that you have to watch out for. But if you know who you are and you uh, know what you're looking for and you trust your intuition, it's it's probably going to be a lot better. And not like this is the gold standard for relationship uh, help, self-help. Uh, but it is something so that you can maybe have some help out there because we are just coming out of a pandemic. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. And then Susan came in too, and I've never seen her before. So thank you. Did I miss anybody? I think I got it. Pastor Mark. Oh my gosh. Pastor Mark is five foot seven and he and Laura <laughs> have a little thing going, but I'm not really sure what it is. So <laughs> we will see. We'll and, see. uh, yeah. Laura, do you want to tell us anything about your podcast or about the things that you're doing or make a plug for anything? We're all ears here. I'm oh, going to these are great. My, <clears throat> I don't know that my podcast would apply to anyone here, but if you know somebody who is caring for someone who has dementia, that, that actually is my specialty. And um, I just created a podcast called Life on Repeat. And it is a podcast for caregivers for people that are caring for someone who has dementia. So you know anyone that could benefit? I'd love to have you subscribe to this brand new podcast that just launched like, what, two days ago? Yeah. Well, and yeah, we've, we've all got family members. And at least uh, we, we have uh, people who are in our worlds that we might know. So it's always good to have resources. And Laura's presence and her voice is mm -hmm. so awesome. I cannot wait to listen to your podcast. I just got the link to it last night because you just launched it yesterday, right? Or just yes. Yeah. I haven't even announced it. Um, this is actually my first public announcement, but I, um, yeah. So I'll be sending an email out to people and hopefully get some subscribers. So yeah. but Mary says her grandmother had dementia. Yes. And, um, uh, there's so many people. I don't know anyone who hasn't doesn't know somebody or hasn't been impacted by that. And it's such a service that is very necessary and needed all around the country. Laura is also a coach, so she does coaching, and that transcends uh, boundary, state boundary, and country boundaries, right, Laura? Yep, absolutely. So I, I have clients from all over. <laughs> right. Some of these people are from from other countries so and other uh, and other states in the united states so and then so jd says Aww. she absolutely loved having a natter and laura enjoyed you being on the panel it's always great to see laura here hope you, oh, you guys are great i have so much fun i have more fun like this is the this is where i feel like i can just be myself and i you know we talked about the different like my professional hat and my <laughs> This is this is a whole nother group of just being able to be myself more. So I really appreciate that. I'll give Laura. A golf clap and 
Well, it was great seeing everybody here today and um, we will be back when we are back. I'm not sure when that will be, maybe in a couple of weeks, but in the meantime, I just uh, ask that you guys all take care out there, wherever you go. If you're dating, if you're not dating, if you're friending, if you're not friending, <laughs> be careful. And I hope that you've taken some stuff out of this, uh, this podcast and um, we'll see you. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos. If the information in today's podcast was helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. You can also go to my website at www.lokahicounseling.com for more resources for calming your mental and emotional chaos. This includes a CD I created that teaches you how to practice mindfulness in less than 10 minutes. So check it out. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.